Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Core.Green. Check it out. You can kill 99% of COVID in literally minutes, and it's not expensive. Visit Core.Green. Well, we have a very interesting show for you today. This is not going to be the run-of-the-mill topic. <laughs> this is something I've never covered before. You know, there's a lot of um, people trying to figure out what to do these days with some of these buildings that are, you know, beyond their useful life or they're just were overbuilt, like retail and, and some hotels and, and, and some office properties. And as people try to figure out what needs to be done, there's also other people for trying to figure out what do we need? Well, what's missing? What are some of the problems we need to fix in this country? You're going to like this. Please welcome my next guest. It's Steve Spilsky. And he is with Stay Open. He's the founder, Steve. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, Steve, you have a company called Stay Open. And uh, I love it. It's Sleep as a Service Platform. Uh, tell our listeners, uh, give them an idea of what this, what, what is it you guys do? Yeah, sure. So we, we're, we're a hospitality and co-living brand operator and management company. And, and what we do is we take all this empty commercial real estate that's now out there and we figure out a way to get a bed in there, whether that's for a transient guest or for a longer term stay. And we try to eliminate the traditional pain points of shared accommodations and living in a co-living co environment. And we add a very strong element of branding, operations, and technology, both on the development side of the property all the way through to the user experience side of the property. Um, and we do everything in-house. And it's uh, now's just a perfect time uh, to, to come into these empty spaces. So. Yeah, and, and you're not, this doesn't look like um, there was a disaster in the area and there's a bunch of cots everywhere. Tell us about these beds. Yeah, I mean, one thing, you know, one simple way to describe what we're doing is we're, we're almost like a hostile 2.0, but we don't even like that word because just hostile, particularly in North America, just sounds negative. <laughs> so we looked at all the pain points of, well, why aren't, why do people everywhere in the world stay in hostels and they actually like it they talk about how fun it is and how social it is and you get a good price and you meet these great people but then you hear the kind of pain points of oh, you don't get any privacy and there's some big person snoring next to me and and uh so we said well there's got to be a better way so we we started developing these pods um that give people a sense of privacy because they're fully enclosed um, you get, you know, pretty good noise insulation. You get 100% light insulation. You get your own ventilation. Um, yet you're still sharing a room with, with other people. But when you close your pod, you feel like in your own little, it's almost like a little tiny mini room is what we've developed. So it's, it's not like what you see in, in a lot of Asian markets of like these tiny coffin like places. They're actually very, uh, roomy, uh, and people actually like sleeping in them. And it's a way to get people an affordable bed in a location that otherwise may not be accessible to them based on what price points typical hotels or apartments would be in that specific location. Tell me about your target uh, customer. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, even before, uh, you know, millennials, but now really Gen Z, it's kind of that 18 to 35 year old um, 
So generally skewing towards younger, although we don't like to define it in, as just an age segment. Um, it's also just a mindset. Uh, I've met plenty of, of older travelers at, at hostels that just want to be around people and that want to engage and they want to interact and they're not even price driven. Um, but generally speaking, we're looking at, at an 18 to 35 year old, someone who, uh, you know, especially now with COVID, people are able to work wherever they want. Um, so someone that wants to pick up and, and you know, I'm sitting as, as you see Michael at the beach here, and this is one of our beta sites, uh, someone that wants to live and work on the beach for three months and they wake up every day, they work and they get to go to the beach in the afternoon for lunch. So we, we're really starting to see an interesting shift in what types of people are embracing this concept of sleep as service, making it neat, as easy, as convenient and accessible to as many people as possible to stay wherever they want and get up and go somewhere else without having to overthink anything. Um, so that's kind of the, the demographic. And again, COVID has helped us expand that demographic even beyond what, what it was pre-2020. I want to talk to you about the kind of the ownership side, the landlord side, and and kind of how property owners uh, might want to think about this. But before we do that, back to the the customer, the end user, um, talk to me about costs and how it compares to maybe a similar hotel in in the same market. Yeah, so let's use a market like by the beach in Los Angeles, which is always uh, just a hard market to get into in terms of price point. Uh, in surge times in the summer along Venice Beach, you're looking at three to $400 a night for a little motel room. Um, and it's, so you can imagine nothing special. It's just the bed. Um, in that same market, um, we target a price point of between 50 and $75 a bed um, and providing for a much greater user experience just in terms of the other guests in the property, the amenities that we have. Um, we create these experience marketplaces on premises where we actually attract experience providers in local areas to provide experiential services to the traveler that they would be looking for anyway if one comes to Venice. So a, a yoga lesson on the roof, surf instruction, bike tours, cooking. Um, you need the physical space. Tech, and the tech brings people together. It helps facilitate things. But this is all about getting people to put phones down and interact in, in the location that they're in. Um, it's just hard for a lot of people to stay in Venice or stay in places where they want to stay. They stay somewhere else and they come here for the day. And we're saying, no, you could actually stay here. And it's actually better for the local markets to actually have people stay overnight. Because obviously, that just drives a lot of um, food and beverage, a lot of ancillary sales to communities, which is, again, much needed now coming out of what we're coming out of. So. Steve, tell me, tell our audience what it might look like for someone renting one of these pods. Um, might th when they come in, are they doing uh, the leasing online? Are they using their phone to, to get in? Uh, are there people there? And then, how many pods might be in their in their room? And and what type of questions might they have about the pod as far as um, uh, security or who else is you know in the room and, and how do they know who that is yeah so so there's kind of two flows one is the the guest that's just an overnight guest um so the booking is similar to a to a hospitality booking platform but our our app that's developed it makes it much more like an uber 
booking experience where the flow is very easy. People are very familiar. Um, so that's that's the experience on just booking a hotel room in terms of booking something for a, a 30 day plus stay, which is dictated by the market. A lot of times it's just dictated by the zoning of the particular property and the location. Some locations just don't allow hospitality without a significant change of use process. Um, that flow is very different in terms of the intake process where um, everything is is WAP, uh, app or web based. Um, the questionnaires that we're developing are almost like a, without the consumer knowing it, like a Myers-Briggs test. It's to make sure that people are actually matched um, with people that they would have a higher likelihood of cohabitating with in a positive manner. Um, and a lot of this can't even be done by the human eye. And, and one of one of our my co-founders, our chief technology officer, Alex, um, He's an expert in artificial intelligence and machine learning. And the reason we brought him on right away is whether you're a hotel guest or a longer term guest, the, the, the importance of making sure that you're in a room with people that you're going to have a positive experience with is can go so far. Um, and everything from what time people wake up, if you're an early riser or if you're, uh, you're going to stay up later, are you in town for a bachelor party or you're in town for like a classical music exhibit you know these things that right now in hospitality and even just in commercial real estate um people think about but there's no way to automate that process to again the goal is to ensure a better user a better user experience um and i, I covered that part i'm sorry i don't remember some yeah of the other, and then there's a lot of yeah and i threw i threw a lot into this is really interesting so uh the social aspect you're talking about so that's part of the draw you're telling me, but I guess it's also part of what may, may make people nervous, right? Yeah. And so part of the part of that draw is to to expose people to show them who else is staying in, in the property. If that individual chose to share that information, because a lot of times when we go to stay in a hospitality property, it's not just about the location or how beautiful the place is. It's also the vibe or energy of the people that are there. Right. And sometimes you go to a place like this is beautiful, but this isn't the mood that I'm in or this is beautiful, but this isn't I came here to relax and everyone is on spring bake here 24 seven. You know, so what we're developing is almost um, the interfaces to give people an idea of the, the types of people that have historically stayed in the property. And it also provides a window in who's going to stay in the property when you're going to be there. Um, it won't necessarily tell you exactly who is in your in your room. And one of your questions was, how big are these pod rooms? The average size is eight per room. So if you have a 250 square foot room, there's approximately eight pods per room. Um, and all the bathrooms are a shared accommodation. Um, and we'll get into the whole bathroom strategy because that's an interesting conversation as well. Um, but the whole point is, matching people up where there's going to be a positive user experience and beyond even positive, hopefully a connection beyond positive where you actually make a lifelong friend, which is the beauty of travel. It's the people you meet along the way. Um, and there's a lot of mechanisms that we have to disincentivize unruly behavior in terms of, you know, we really want people to open up about who they are. We want to, we want them to give us their information, not so that we can upsell them, but a lot of that is for safety. A lot of that is, you know, usually people are open to, to give a certain element of information if there's nothing to hide. Um, so that that plays into kind of the overall atmosphere of the property. Um, 
and, and, and the safety as well and and all the payment processing um, no cash accepted everything is digital so so you know there, there's mechanisms in place to disincentivize people from kind of doing what they want and running away and causing harm to others um, but uh, and then the pods themselves provide an element of safety having physical closure visual closure is, is important as well yeah and so let's uh, give the listeners an idea of, of some sample uh, properties you've done and then and then how they might uh, think about uh, working with you guys and do this on maybe one of their properties. Uh, tell us about uh, your project in San Diego. Yeah, so that one, so in a previous life, I, I've developed, I call them old boring hotels. Um, <laughs> so, I, so this is what of led to this journey. Yeah, so, you know, we're, we're my, my other life, we we're about to open up a 400 run, one room, uh, dual branded high house, high place right by LAX here. And that was actually repurposing a 250,000 square foot uh, office building to a 401 room hotel. And we went through several pain points of adding 401 bathrooms to where they didn't exist and light wells and all the stuff that people have to do to repurpose an office building to hospitality property. Um, So in San Diego, uh, we had an opportunity through the port of San Diego, had had an RFP to... Uh, they went out to the community and said, we need affordable accommodations. We're going to pay for half of it through a subsidy from the California Coastal Commission that collected in lieu of fees from other developers building high-end properties along California's coast that couldn't provide for affordable beds and instead paid in lieu of fees to to Coastal Commission. And Coastal Commission needed to still provide for the number of affordable beds. So the Port of San Diego gave a property and we won the RFP to convert uh, what is now approximately a 10,000 square foot budget rental car facility that's been empty, that's across the street from the San Diego airport, and we're repurposing it. We're actually adding a second floor to the building, and it's going to be a 240 bed stay open property. Um, we're, we're in the EIR process. We're going through... Um, We'll have to go through a California Coastal Commission review, which is an onerous process to, to build anything along California's coast. A little unique here because they're also our partner. Usually it's people building high-end properties and mansions on the coast, and there's like this, this friction between between the developers and, and the properties. In this case, we're, we're partners, so it's going to go as smooth as it can go. Um, in that instance, we're both the developer in a sidecar fund because my background as a developer and then stay open is the brand operator management company, separate entities, um, separate investors. Um, and because it's our first property, we want to really put emphasis on the design. We want to make sure we, we get it right. And we're dealing with several governmental agencies. So there's a lot of moving pieces. But the beauty there is we're also going through the process that's helping us understand how to go through a change of use process. How do you put pods in the room? How do you sprinkler them? What are the fire life and safety concerns? Um, sewage concerns, density concerns, traffic studies. I mean, most of our customers aren't going to drive, right? We're going to have 240 beds, but how many people, the, the demographic, you know, people aren't renting a four tourists at the airport and, and driving to stay open. That's just not what, what people are really doing as much when they travel these days. So that's, that's kind of a far out project. Um, and what we're doing where I'm sitting today here at, at Venice, this is called the lab. For a reason, this is our experimental stay open facility. Um, it's corporate headquarters and it's a co-living property. So we're repurposing 
a smaller footprint. This is 3,000 square feet. Um, it's our office, and we're actually um, putting 10 pods into this property. One of the reasons I'm on the roof is that the last four are being installed right now, and we're actually having people live here, um, and we're testing our technology. We're testing the user experience. The people that are living here are going to are going to tend to be experienced providers and members of our broader community um, to offer something back to the brand. Um, the 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 lab property is opening in about 30 days, um, and then we've got a pipeline of a few properties that we're looking at as just pure brand management agreements. We we don't want to develop many more properties. We don't want to take up many more leases. Um, we want to we want to you know act in the role of all the things that we've developed from a technology brand user experience and take all this empty space that's available and help owners um, operate their properties that right now, frankly, don't even have a potential tenant. Yeah. Right. Let, yeah. And let's, let's uh, talk about that minute. It reminds me of the song, uh, New York, New York. And they say, if you can, if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. If you can do that on the coast in California, <laughs> you can do it anywhere. Right. And so right. You, you partner with existing owners or maybe someone buying a, buying a vacant building. Right. So how might somebody that owns a building, and thinks that it might be a match for you. What building might be a match, and how might that work? Yeah, so obviously, um, we're we're focused on major urban markets now with with certain demand drivers. I mean, hospitality is our is our focus. Um, so uh, we've got certain size parameters. Obviously, there's a certain size to scalability, but anything that's approximately ten thousand square feet or greater is something that we want to look at, given if it's in the in the right location with enough demand drivers of either tourism and leisure or, or again, other um, even job related demographics. I know people are working from, from home a lot now, but, but I think that's also, I mean, we hit one end of the extreme and people are going to, especially again, in that younger demographic, more and more people are going to do some days at work, but they still are going to work from home, but they're going to go into an office. So if you're across the street from a Google campus in LA or there's somewhere in the Bay area, you still want to be close to 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 where you're going to come into the office for for work and and for social reasons because work isn't just about coming and sitting in a desk. It's it's the other intangibles that that help us grow as people as as individuals that that um you need to be around people. Um, but the buildings are office retail. I mean, it's it's the the stuff that we're looking at are things that right now are actually challenged to find tenants. Right. So, I mean, so if I've got a building and I think it might be a match. You said you're not a tenant. You don't buy the property. So is it a, some sort of revenue share model with the, with the owner? How does that work? Yeah, very similar to how the other hospitality brands work, where it's more like a franchise management agreement where we come in, we will run everything for you. And we take uh, and we've simplified our fee structure, because if you've ever looked at how hotel brands get paid for their franchise and management fees, it's a pain. I mean, it's like it's like you read the statement and it's and all the little itemized details and when you add it all up it's like well wait a second how did this eight percent really turn into effectively 15 percent right it's we're, we're really simplifying though you know because our audience a lot of the people that are office building owners or retail owners or the owner of a church i mean you name it they don't know much about hospitality they don't know how it all works i mean it's one thing if we've developed hotels all our lives we, we get it and it's just part of it but you just want to tell someone this is what you got to pay me this is what the this is what the management fee is you give me 10 percent of gross the expenses and you keep the rest 
So that's kind of, that's how we work. I mean, it's really coming in and taking over a space. We're going to tell you how much it's going to cost. We're going to tell you how long it's going to be until you get your payback on your, on your TIs and your fit out. We run everything for you. I mean, you, you in essence sit back the same way as if you're just an owner tenant relationship. Um, but we're actually giving you as an owner a path to generate revenue and income. And obviously a lot of owners don't want to take that business risk. But right now, if your choice is completely empty with no path to any future, just because of the changing dynamics of retail and office, or you've got someone that's going to put a business model in and that's actually going to generate, not only generate you income, but most likely generate you more than you would have had if you just had a traditional tenant. Um, yeah. And right well, now, yeah. And let's go there um, because, you know, it, it, one of the aspects of stay open that you're doing here with these kind of pods is affordability, right? For the, for the end users, but with multiple pods in, in one big room and then a shared you know, common areas and bathrooms, um, you might have some nice income on these properties. It, how are these numbers tend to shake out? Yeah. I mean, significantly better in our underwriting in terms of, of what the owners um, would get. Uh, we're seeing about a 20% premium over what they would get over perceived market rent, right? Because right now, I mean, how do you price the price, you know, the per square foot rent price in LA for an office building or retail? I mean, if it's been sitting empty for two years, which a lot of these properties are, I mean, the price, what is the price, right? It's hard to establish market price, but, but assuming we, we take like a, you know, you would have got four bucks a foot, right? Triple net. Um, we think if you do it on a per foot basis, you know, we'll get you closer to five or six bucks a foot based on our model. Um, and we do provide a lot of different ancillary revenue streams because there's, when we have experiences on premises, again, the property owners are getting a cut of, whatever that yoga class collected from, from the users, whatever that experience was. And there's the network effect. The more stay opens, the more people bounce around from place to place and they just stay within network. So that network effect, which again, in a traditional office retail building, there, there is no network effect. So there's the benefit there as we grow and there's more, it just helps feed, feed the bottom line to the owners as well. So it sounds like, that these various buildings that you might do this in and that you are doing it in, as far as amenities, it might differ for each property. Sometimes the amenities may be actually just the surroundings, the location. Exactly. And, and that's, that's again, where the technology that we're developing, I mean, some, you know, a, an example is a property in San Diego. It's across street from an airport. Um, we call those properties planets because they need to have a little of everything. They need to have, food and beverage, they need to have outdoor space, they need to, they need to be highly amenitized because there's not much around there. Whereas if I'm on, you know, I'm in the heart of Venice, there's a main street here called Abbot Kinney, where the reason why people come to that street is, you know, you could put a bed in a shack and people would come and sleep there because they want to open their doors and go to all the cafes and restaurants and bars and go to the beach. There's no point in, in, trying to reinvent a better coffee shop where people love going to the coffee shop across the street. That's the local mom and pop shop. But the, the barrier is a bed. So in that type of market, we're just going to have mostly beds, less amenities. The footprints of those properties could even be much smaller. They could be down to about 5,000 square feet, 4,000 square feet, because you just really need beds, a little common area, 
in, in restroom facilities, your average daily rate on that bed may be closer to 100 bucks a night versus 50 bucks if you're somewhere like, you know, in our San Diego property, but you're still, as a consumer, getting a much better deal. You're, you're getting a, a bed for 100 bucks versus $300 for some terrible motel room. And you're right in the middle of the action of where you want to be. You're really getting that experience of being in the heart of a part of, of the city that that may be harder to come by. In this pod, tell me a little bit more about the pod, uh, kind of a sample price range for a, for someone, for you as a developer to, to buy these and install them. And then, you know, are, is there a little bit, is there a place to hang stuff? Is there a, is, a, is there a Murphy bed in it? T- tell me, give me a description of that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, we've, we've taken all this design process in house. Um, we, we had, we've worked with overseas manufacturers pre COVID, um, and, and design build of the pods. Um, we were able to come up with a solution here in the U S where they're locally manufactured here in Southern California at a very similar price point to what we were sourcing from overseas. Um, Right now, it costs about $3,000 per bed. When I say per bed, that's the whole enclosure per, per, per unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying to get that down, but we're also trying not to sacrifice the actual amenity and experience. Um, 3000 you said? I just paid 6000 for just a regular bed. <laughs> that's right. No, I know. So <laughs> I probably overpaid, though. Right. No, I, yeah, I think, we, yeah, <laughs> bad. I mean, they get expensive. Right. And and I'm talking about everything in there. So including the mattress, we've worked with several of, of kind of the up and coming mattress vendors to come in and, and, and design a mattress that, that um, it's a twin size, but we want to have ability to, to change the thickness. And, um, but within there, it's, again, the amenities are, you have ventilation, there's several charging ports, there's USB-C charging, you got your traditional charging, there's no TVs in there, you don't need to put a, we've all got our phones and iPads, I mean, we just travel with our content, so there's no point in putting in an outdated TV that's just going to, you know, take up room and look ugly and it's something else to fix, I mean, people are in there, um, we're playing with different degrees of sound insulation, Um we're, we're seeing what solutions there are with, with um, they all have smoke detectors in there. Um, depending on the municipality, they may or may not have to have in sprinklers inside. So we're, we're really working with right now in San Diego with the fire department there here in Los Angeles and Santa Monica, just trying to figure out what's the right balance of, of again, deploying these things in existing properties. Um, but uh, yeah, and again, I'll, I'm happy to share uh, some images when the time is right. They're, they're almost ready to kind of uh, give people an idea of what they look like. Um, we have lighting features so people can control their mood lightings through the app that we've developed. So you can kind of wake up to a warm ambient light or you can have cooler col- colors in the evening or you could you could do whatever you want. And it's kind of a fun little feature. You could program it in your profile where you kind of like, I want to go to bed in a, in a red room or a blue room. And um, yeah, these are little things that aren't even you know, massive technology advancements, but they're fun and it gives people an ability to personalize their experience or, you know, so um, we're really thoughtful with our intention of the materials. Um, we're looking at sustainability. We're also looking at modularity. We want we want these to, to be able to be broken down and put back up very quick, kind of like you go to like a sporting event and you see a basketball stadium turn into a hockey rink. You're like, oh, that's amazing. We want that to, to be able to happen 
Um, so that's what we're designing for now in our next iteration of the pods is more modularity. Tell me about the um, kind of look and the use of the common uh, bathrooms. What are they like? Yeah, they're, they're actually really cool because people think of common bathrooms, especially in a hostel, and that's a pain point. It's scary. You just think of just, you know, so our approach to our common bathrooms is more like you build one, but you make it really nice. So it's more like an Equinox than a typical hostel bathroom. Um, so you make it feel very nice. So if you're sharing a restroom, you're, you're at a sink next to someone. I mean, I don't, no one complains about a bathroom at a nice high-end club or, or fitness center. You go to an Equinox bathroom and people actually like it more, right? And there's actually a social element. So, so you could, you know, whether it's, it's, it's guys or girls getting ready for a night out. I mean, it is, people actually do it in a social environment. And if you think about, you know, people, People let their guard down if you provide the right environment, even in a restroom. So everything we do, we take we take a pain point. We say, what's the pain point? Can we actually even make it better, right? The completely flip the perception on its head. So, but because we're only doing it once and it's a common core, it makes it a lot more efficient to do. And it's also a lot more efficient from a cleaning perspective. I mean, that's a huge problem of when you clean and turn rooms. I mean, a lot of times, you know, people are cleaning rooms and hotel rooms and, you know, they're not even used. It's grossly inefficient just from an operating standpoint. And again, a lot of the technology that developing with our IOT devices, um, we're not, obviously we're not recording people going into bathrooms, but we're clicking how many people are coming in and out of, of restrooms to just gauge when is an appropriate time to clean the restroom. So we're not just sending our cleaning team in haphazardly to clean something that may not be clean. Or conversely, you know, maybe we had, you know, 50 people get up take showers and have to get on an international flight. And we saw that click through happen at 5 a.m. You send a crew in there to, to make sure that everything is in order so that when people are waking up at 7 a.m., they're not walking into wet showers and again, a, a used bathroom. Um, you know, all these things, for, there's, it's simple technology, but it's crucially important when you're dealing in a shared space. Um, and, it's, and it's crucial to the success of our business model. So there would be individual showers and dressing areas. Yeah, there's a the showers are individual, right? And then you have a little a dressing area, very similar to to a health club or or fitness center. Um, and then sort of, the sinks. Sort of make sure it's not like the one I had in prison. It was just big open concrete rooms and hoses. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, <laughs> I wasn't in prison. No, we actually want to make it a a positive experience. I mean, we want to, you know. Um, but yeah, a bathroom is a scary thought, right? Um, um, and then we even have very small private rooms, but without restrooms. So there is the opportunity for people that are couples or families, or they just want to be in the environment, but but can spend a little more. They can have a, a private room with basically just a bed, still a shared restroom facility, um, but it's still a very attainable price point relative to what a traditional hotel room would cost. So that's also in the mix um, in all our properties, but those are they're also was also using a shared restroom. We're talking with Steve Spilsky with Stay Open uh, with these uh, talk about these micropods and these. Uh, well, I love the you know the the affordability uh, and the kind of transforming spaces uh, is kind of interesting too for some of these buildings and owners to to come in and look at an alternative use that kind of taking advantage of the kind of the shared economy and the shared market that you know if someone had told me you know ten years ago. I'd get in somebody's five-year-old Toyota and have them drive me around that I'd never met before. I said, there's no way, you know? 
<laughs> but yeah. yet I, I, I do it. Um, so it's interesting. So tell us uh, about your, your funding, your growth plans. Uh, where are you going with this? Yeah, um, we, we were lucky. Um, we were fundraising in the midst of COVID, right? And it was a little scary that we were, we were built on the premise of people in a shared space, um, <laughs> right? Um, but oddly, it, 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 it's like it was all meant to be. I mean, we, we were fortunate to, to our, our seed round investors stayed with us um, through COVID. They, they, they actually, as well as we, we saw this as a perfect opportunity. It's times like this where you actually lean in versus just sit back and wait for the world. Uh, we all had the hopes and anticipation and, and optimism, maybe a little more optimism than what turned out, but that we were going to see pass through this. Um, so we were able to close our seed round of $2 million uh, last summer. Um, that gets us to kind of getting our, our proof of concept open in Venice and a couple other properties. Um, we were fortunate that that same investor that invested in, in what we call our operating company, Opco, which is the brand and technology, they also are our co-GPs on our San Diego project as the real estate owner. So um separate entity but but again for that first project that there was a lot of alignment because we needed each other um so there there are co-gps in, in our san diego development um and the timing you know people are as we see now in the world maybe a little too much for some people but we see there's so much pent-up energy there's this renaissance of getting back to life of reconnecting with people of, of just doing the thing everyone's lost a year of their lives and it feels like a lot more. Um, so this pent up energy to just get out and interact and travel and live life, whether you're an eight year old or a 88 year old, which is the span, that's my, my younger son to my dad, everyone wants to get out and we're ready and affordability is still super important. And what COVID has done is it has accelerated this path of Real retail space availability and office space availability to a certain extent um, accelerated it a lot, right? And now that space is still there, and people are going to be ready to to come back and and live. And that's just domestically. And then when people are going to travel more, I mean, it will happen. Is it going to be three months or another six months? I mean, I, I don't, we don't doubt that it will happen. It's just a question of when it will happen. And obviously, the vaccine rollout's been helpful for. You know, there, there's just a lot of dynamics that played really well into this. And the people that are still a little stuck are real estate owners. What are they going to do? And we're giving them this great solution that's deployable, scalable, um, and the stars are aligned. And uh, we're, we're, we're about to start raising more capital um, because now's the time to really scale up our team, our operations, our product, our development, our design, our tech, everything, all the above. Um, so I, I just feel very fortunate that, that we are where we are today. Yeah, it is interesting. You, st you started this and like, and then uh, COVID hit and it's a kind of a shared environment you're talking about. So yeah, that's great. Um, and I agree with you. I think there's going to be tremendous demand for people to get out of their houses and, and get back to, to life and travel. I think there's going to be uh, a huge amount of travel that went as soon as people feel safe. Well, you're, you're there in, in Venice. So for uh, here we are at kind of the, the end of March for listeners around the country. You know, what's it like in Venice today for, for uh, openings, closings? Uh, what's it like there today? Yeah. I mean, obviously we're, we're 
blessed that we have the outside. So, so the beach is open. I mean, this place on a weekend, there's a lot of people just out and about. You're seeing more and more street performers. You're seeing more vendors come out. You're seeing the basketball court, courts and soccer courts out. Um, we, we've had outdoor dining reopen for a while, and now there's limited indoor dining open. The gyms are open. I mean, things are opening up, and hopefully our schools most schools, even public schools, are, are, are now going to be fully open within the next few weeks. Um, our numbers have been good in terms of COVID cases. Um, the vaccination rollout and process has generally been efficient um, for the age groups that have needed it. Obviously, there's some disparity in, in underserved communities, which, which the city and we as a society need to do better on. Um, so that that is also getting better. Um, but, you know, it's a, everything. I mean, I'm, there's waves behind me. This is all a wave. You got to get on and, and ride it. And I think the momentum, um, we all feel it. I think the optimism is there. Fingers crossed that things stay safe for everyone, that we, we, we hit one of the roughest patches of our generations in terms of how this has affected our lives. Um, and now it's, we're on the other side. We're just yeah. getting there. And, yeah. uh, and it's just, just, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited if you could. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Well, I've got my board. I'm, uh, I've got it waxed. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm on the <laughs> way. We got, we got a pod for you. We got, we'll keep it warm. <laughs> there you go. I'll be there. Well, Steve, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the show. I love your concept. Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, that was uh, Steve uh, Spilsky. So uh, check him out at Stay Open uh, Sleep as a Service Platform. Very interesting. And uh, let us know what you think. We appreciate you connecting with us. I appreciate you uh, sharing the show. So until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the show, think about the opportunity to do business or refer business to our sponsors. Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies. For incredible commercial agent training, visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Core.green. Use ION technology to create a safer environment for your real estate. Visit core.green. For more commercial real estate intel, forecasts, and strategies, visit CREshow.com.